Brilliant. Thank you very much. How are we all? Good. Happy New Year. Brilliant. When Brian texted me to tell me where we were going to be this morning, I wrote back and went, sweet Brian, but unfortunately I forgot the comma, so actually all it turned out was, was sweet Brian. <laughs> so I need you to take the opportunity in the next few weeks just to start referring to him as sweet Brian. Do you think you can do that? Yeah, brilliant. Great, no problem. Often in life, there are things that we want to do or we get asked to do, opportunities that are presented to us, but for whatever reason, we let them pass us by. It could be because of a lack of confidence or maybe our past experiences or maybe just even our past. Maybe those around us are not sure that we can do that thing. And before we even get started, we've discounted ourselves and we've deemed ourselves unqualified and unsuitable. Now, if we can have just the next slide up, please. I had the opportunity of playing golf a few weeks ago and it was at Trump International, which was very nice, um, very expensive. If you can maybe put the next slide up as well. Now, it's maybe not coming quite clear there, but what that is, is that's the elevated 18th tee and 651 yards in that direction towards the sun was a very small little flag. I think I was actually closer to this building than I was to that flag at the time. <laughs> now, so I had this opportunity to, to play golf at Trump, but what you have to understand is that golf and me do not mix, and my, my past on the golf course is incredibly sketchy. Now, does anyone, like a show of hands here, if I were to talk about a wooden spoon, do you know what I mean? Yes, put your hand up. If you do not know, a wooden spoon is the trophy that you get for coming in last, okay? Now, I used to play in this competition called the Blue Blazer with some friends of mine. And I loved it, it was good banter, I was rubbish at the golf, but it was good banter, I enjoyed being there with my friends. However, one year, my friend Jonesy phoned me up the night before the event and he said, Mark, you've just had your kitchen redone, haven't you? Yes, Jonesy, I have. He goes, great, what colours uh, you know, have, you, have you chosen for it? I said, well, we've got cream units, kind of got this tealish kind of background to it, but, you know, why? Why are you asking that? And he said, well, Jill, his wife, is decorating the wooden spoon for tomorrow's event and we just wanted to tie it up to your thing. I was like, come on! I could be brilliant! I could be amazing tomorrow. I haven't even played yet and you're already giving me the spoon. <laughs> I won the wooden spoon. I played three events for them. <laughs> that is my golfing legacy. So you can imagine what it felt like when I was asked to play golf at Trump for work with clients. So here I am. I'm standing at the first tee. I should probably just maybe, maybe just act this out a little bit. Here I am. I'm standing. You've got to wiggle your bum, haven't you? Sorry, I'm, I'm pretty close. Sorry. Yeah. So here I am. I'm on the first tee. There's seven other real golfers watching me and the course professional watching us tee off on the first, and here's me, all those wooden spoons just floating in my head. 
remembering how many times I've hit the ground compared to how many times I've hit the ball. And I'm standing there, nervous, unqualified. What did I do? I had three choices. I could run away to the safety of the clubhouse. I could maybe just hang out and maybe just say I would carry the bags. Or I could take a stand and swing. Do you want to know what I did? You'll find out later. (laughs) In the Bible, there's a man called Paul who was given the most incredible opportunity. He was given a job by Jesus himself to proclaim the good news of the cross to Gentiles, non-Jewish people, which at that point in history was, was a huge deal. It was unheard of that the invitation to become a child of God was going to be given and opened up to not just the Jewish nation, but to everyone. This was like a uh, 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 kind of moment. And here was Paul, a brand new Christian with a decidedly dodgy past that included persecution and murder of those who followed Jesus, the very same Jesus that he now followed. He'd had an amazing education by the best Jewish scholars that you could hire. And now suddenly everything that he had learnt there, everything he knew was turned on its head and his job was now to communicate this new radical way of thinking and living that Jesus was calling everyone else to. Here we have a man whose past could easily have disqualified him from the call of God and who could easily have walked away because it sounded too difficult and maybe too dangerous. Remember, he was going to be persecuted in the same way that he used to persecute the church himself. So what did he do? Did he walk away? Or did he take a stand and swing? Well, the good news is that he did take a stand and he did swing. But how is it that the man with his past, where the guilt and the shame of his actions and the power to weigh him down, could confidently and boldly do this thing that God had called him to do. And Paul would say it was because of one thing. And that one thing is the gift of grace given to him by God. In so much of Paul's writing throughout the whole of the New Testament, he talks about grace. And we're going to read about that now. So if you have a Bible, the, the, word, the passage will come up on the screen. But if you have a Bible, you can turn to Ephesians 3 verses 1 to 13. And there's Bibles at the front. Does anyone need a Bible? Put your hand up if you need a Bible. Would like a Bible? We will get one to you. Nope, it's all good. You can stand down, Ali. So here we go. Ephesians 3, verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. And then we kind of segue. Then we kind of like tangent off. Surely you have heard of the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I've already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise of Christ. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am the less, or although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, 
This grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Can you imagine what was going through Paul's head when Jesus was asking him to do this job? Me? Surely anyone else would be better. I was killing Christians last week. No one's going to listen to me. Do you know how much of a sinner I am? And how often do we find ourselves in positions like that, seeing ourselves with baggage and allowing it to stop us from stepping out and doing what God has called us to do? It happens to the best of us. Moses had a stutter as well as a past. Abraham thought he was too old. Jeremiah thought he was too young. The disciples were completely uneducated. Me? Who will pay attention to me? But the reason that Paul could throw off the past and accomplish all that he did was because he saw himself through the lens of grace, just as God saw him. By the grace of Jesus Christ, he was whole, free, clean, nothing but potential. Grace was the thing that shaped Paul's life. It transformed him and gave him a new identity. And he said it was the power behind all that he did for God. And God said to him, you can do it because I'm gifting you with my grace. Now grace is the free and completely unmerited favor of God. A gift of kindness and immense love that we don't deserve, but yet we're given. When Paul talks about grace, he talks about through grace, by grace, because of grace. Grace, grace, grace. I'm talking about grace today. Can you tell? Paul experienced grace in his life. He fully received it and he believed that he was forgiven. And that was how he could do the things that he did. If God can use Paul, then God can use me. So what does this say about us? Who am I? So firstly, we are gifted with grace, but we are gifted with a saving grace. Verse seven says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Paul's first experience of this grace was the forgiveness of his past right there on the spot on the Damascus Road where he had a powerful encounter by Jesus. And the first experience that we have of this gift is forgiveness from our past. We call that salvation in an instant through faith in Christ Jesus. All of our past is white clean. And the fancy word for that is justified. So why don't you turn around to someone and in a real deep south kind of way go, I'm justified. (laughs) Justified. That was just an excuse for me to get some water. And if I'm justified, I cannot let my past define my future. 
Do you think Paul still thought about his past? Yes. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 9 very clearly tells us that he did. And do you think maybe the devil was whispering in his ear, reminding him all the time about what he used to do? I'm pretty sure he probably did. And were the other Christians that were around him skeptical? And maybe they didn't really believe that he had changed? Yes. Acts chapter 9 verse 26 tells us that. Paul knew his past was awful. Knew that he had shortcomings. And he knew that he still sinned even though he desperately didn't want to. He penned that scripture that says, I do the things I don't want to do and I don't do the things I do want to do. He knew fine well. And yet, immediately after that encounter that he had with Jesus, he begins boldly preaching the gospel. And the the Bible actually tells us that he proved that Jesus was the Messiah whilst he was preaching the good news. He was free of his past and he believed it. He had absolute confidence in this. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done what he ended up doing. And there's a challenge for us today, I believe, This is a new year. It's a new start. And maybe it's just me, but sometimes I need to remember that my sins are forgotten. I'll say that again. Sometimes I need to remember that my sins are forgotten. Could we perhaps begin this year accepting that gift of grace in our lives and truly believing it and beginning to walk in all that God is calling us to do with freedom and confidence. Maybe you're not a Christian here this morning, but today there is an invitation for you to receive that gift for the very first time. The Bible tells us that we all fall short of God's standards, no matter how good we think we are in life. There's things that we do that hurt him, and that hurt separates us from him. But grace... Grace made a way. Jesus, God's son, came to earth as a baby, grew up, and willingly died upon the cross. We celebrated that with our communion this morning. He willingly died, taking the punishment of all our wrongdoings, past, present, and future, in an ultimate display of unmerited and undeserved love, leaving us to be free in a place of right standing with God. So our first experience of grace is salvation. We've been given the gift, but now we need to unwrap it. This gift is a gift that keeps on giving. I was thinking about this, trying to think of an analogy of this, and the closest I got, which still falls way short, is do you remember past the parcel? But not not the kind that you just unwrap things, but the kind where your mum used to put a present in every single layer. As you unwrap it, no matter how many times you unwrap it, there's another gift, there's another layer. That's grace. God offers grace to us in every area of our lives, in every circumstance. So, we are gifted with a saving grace. And point two, we're gifted with an enabling grace. Grace brings a power to do the things that we ordinarily can't do. So I mentioned this scripture earlier, but in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 9 and 10, Paul says this, 
For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am and his grace to me was not without effect. Grace changed him. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was in me. We are saved and we are changed and we are shaped on an ongoing basis by grace. This is called sanctification. That's the fancy word for that. I won't get you to say it, it's fine. Yes, we work hard at what God is calling us to do, yet it is grace in our lives that enables us to do it. God adds his super to our natural. Now, Paul's role was to preach the good news to the Gentiles. And he only did it with God's grace and power working in his life. Now, he could have just left it. He had a calling, but he could have just sat it down, did nothing with it. He was still saved. His sins were forgiven. His eternal future with God in heaven was secure. He could have just left it there. That would be the equivalent of me just hanging out with the guys at golf and just carrying the bags. But I think we are called to respond to that grace, to do something about it. Dare I say it? It's maybe being around church but not getting stuck in like Brian was encouraging us to do earlier. No, we're called to respond to that gift of grace in an outward show of faith. Being so passionately thankful for our salvation that we need to do something about it. Not because it's by works. No, we're only saved by grace. But there's a response and an action or a response to action that call of God in our life. So we need to respond to his grace and as we respond to his grace, he equips us to do what he's called us to do. What is your role in life? What are you called to do in 2019? I'm going to read a part of Ephesians 3 again, but this is from the message version. It says this, This is my life work, helping people understand and respond to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise, God handling all the details. When it came to presenting the message to people who had no background in God's way, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. God saw to it that I was equipped you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. That enabling grace that equips us should permeate every area of our life and every circumstance. Grace molding us and shaping our characters into the men and women that God wants us to be, i.e. to be more like Jesus day in, day out. More like him as we parent in our marriages and our relationships, as we pastor or manage projects or as we teach or as we work in logistics or in the hospital or as we chat with our friends or as we minister in our small groups, even as we drive our car in very frustrating traffic. I've had a bit of road rage in my time. Nothing too major, obviously. But, you know, I would shout at people and comment on their failures as they drove or drove and I'd pray you know I'd, I'd, I'd pray in the moment give me patience Lord and Julie my wife bless her she would say 
I believe that God has given you opportunities to show patience. <laughs> Which, as you can imagine, did wonders in that moment. <laughs> However, she was right. Has this been recorded? Like, she was, uh, thanks. Julie was right. And over time, I honestly prayed. I did. I honestly prayed this, that I would be able to deal with those moments and those opportunities. And one day, I find myself just taking a breath, believe it or not. It was a long process, and only by grace of God was I changed. But something was working in me. Now, I'm being lighthearted. I know it's not the best analogy. But the point is, as we, as we do life, grace permeates every part of our being and we are changed and we are molded to be more and more like God and he equips us to do it. How are you allowing God to shape you and mold you this year? Is there going to be something new? Is it something scary? Maybe it's the same as last year. That's okay. Imagine what would happen if we believe God will equip us and choose to stand and take a swing. Do you think we'd see 21 churches planted and new ministries and new sites started? Do you think we'd see breakthrough and salvation and healing. Guys, our challenge this year is to rely upon him more and more for grace in every part of our lives, becoming more like Jesus in every way, every day, be molded and shaped. What I want you to take home today is this. If I try and sum up in one statement, you are gifted with grace. No matter what you've done in your past or whatever baggage you feel you are carrying, none of it can stop you from firstly becoming a friend with God and secondly carrying out the purpose that God has called you to do. And he will equip you in every way to do it. We might feel that our role in life is minor or maybe for this season it's minor or that someone else might be better at doing it or that your past, distant or recent, will hold you back Maybe the past failures or maybe even people around you are telling you that, you that you're not qualified to do it. But you, by grace, have been chosen for this opportunity. Only you can occupy your shoes at this time. So own those opportunities with freedom and confidence, by grace, through faith, for his glory. And I wonder what our marriages will be like and our relationships would look like. What our parenting would look like. What our families would look like. What our communities and our streets and our workplaces would be like if we truly and fully received that gift of grace and let it permeate our lives shaping us. What will we accomplish this year? And will we end up being like Paul who halfway through a letter broke off into a tangent, basically saying, guys, look what I get to do. And like him, will we take a stand and swing? So we go to the next slide. Here we are. 
back on the first tee. And I guess it's no longer a story about my poor golfing ability, but it's a metaphor for my life. And I wonder if it will be yours today, standing on that first tee, feeling unqualified and unsuitable, with seven actual golfers standing watching me and the course professional staring at me as I was about to swing my first club in eight years. All those wooden spoons dancing around in my head, remembering how I hit the ground way more times than I've ever hit the ball. Feeling completely inadequate, I had three choices. I could run away. I could just hang around but not really get involved. Or I could take a stand and swing. What did I do? Well, let me tell you, I am gifted with grace. I am who God says I am. I have a foundation of freedom and confidence. I spend time in his presence. The almighty king knows me and I know him. I am a child of God. I am his mouthpiece. The inadequacies that I felt are nothing in the light of his power. I am whole. I'm qualified because I'm hidden in Christ and called by Christ. It is no longer... It no longer matters what others think of me because God loves me. My past is no longer. My sins are forgiven. Have the the scales of justice been balanced? God sweeps them off the table. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far my sin has been taken away from me. I am filled with the Spirit. I exude the fruit of the Spirit that comes with that. I am chosen. This is my opportunity. I am gifted by grace. There is no doubt in my mind. I took a stand and I swung. And that's what God is asking us to do today. Let grace fall upon you. Accept it, believe it, know that you're free and allow grace to shape and mold you in your life and this year. Why don't we stand?